Ladies and gentlemen, welcome from Beginnings. This is Pej and Austin. We are, Hello. We're here with the Sober Grind today. We are also doing our Facebook live stream. Uh, today's topic is, Mr. Austin, go ahead. Yeah, identifying uh, support systems in our life, what they are and why they're so important in recovery. Uh, but first, thank you all for tuning into this and continually listening to our Sober Grind podcast. Uh, if you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google Play, or on YouTube. Uh, we do all of our uh, podcast and video format as well, and they're on there. So if you could uh, leave your thoughts, comments, leave a review, subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Very so good. let's let's just jump right in. So, Pesh, what is a support system? Okay, so a support system. This is this is the way. Let me just break it down real quick. So, break it down, so Pesh. Obviously, <clears throat> a lot of people uh, seek sobriety in different ways. Some people don't seek sobriety in different ways. Some people are actually put pushed into sobriety. There are people that go to just twelve step meetings and they get sober. Uh, lucky them that that happens for some people. Some people have no clue what twelve step meetings are. Mm. A lot of people go to treatment, obviously, and a lot of treatment centers send people to 12-step meetings. Mm -hmm. um, some of them send them to whatever is specified as far as their drug of choice, whatever they do. If they're alcoholics, they'll go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. If they are heroin addicts, they have the option of going to NA, CA, AA, or I mean, sorry, not AA, HA, um, whatever works for them. But mm -hmm. obviously, you know, there's a lot of different types of support in those groups. There's people mm -hmm. that have been Absolutely. sober with long-term recovery, and those can become somebody's support system you know a place okay. where, they, where they can go regularly and connect with people out in the community gotcha yeah so can you be someone like an individual person's support system and how would you know if you are that person's support system or if they're using you as a support system um, definitely I mean I, I think there's people that you know when you're when you're staying sober for a while uh, there are people that you will see that are new you know that that um, don't know anything about recovery. Some people that are, they call them retreads, people that have come in and out of recovery a few, a few times, that you you see them and you see that they need help. So of course you can be a support to them. You, you can become a mentor, you can become mm. a sponsor, you can you can do it, you know, you can do a lot of number of things as far as being their support group. You can even put them in contact with the right people that you feel would be fit enough to help them depending on what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? In your opinion, what all do you think you can do to help support others that are in need? What all can you do? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that this is what I noticed. All right. So, so we talked earlier about the internal support mm -hmm. system and the external. Mm -hmm. So let's yeah, say explain for, that a little bit. Okay. So let's, let's say for example, there's some people that are in treatment, right? Mm -hmm. They're in treatment. They're housed together. They're in the same rooms, you know, sharing rooms together. They're going to groups together. They're going and seeing therapists individually. But at the end of the day, you know, they're sometimes outside. They're eating together. They're vaping together. They're smoking together. Whatever. <laughs> but regardless of the fact, like that's to me, that's like an internal support system. So these are your brothers or sisters in recovery who you are all supporting each other to stay sober. That's internally. But when you're going out into the community externally, you're obviously now it's time for you to kind of like, it, you know, make friends with people that are mm -hmm. in recovery, that have long-term recovery, that could become a stronger support group for you. When I was in treatment, it was required of me to get a sponsor, obviously, because mm -hmm. I'd go to all these meetings that they'd send us to. But also they wanted me to have, a, they called it an SSSG. 
sober social sober support group members. Mm. And okay. what was required of me was to go it's out and find. Yeah, I was required to go out and find people that had two plus years of sobriety. Okay. Obviously, you know, when a person uh, gains a year of sobriety, they might be in this thing for a little while. If they get up to two years, they might really be serious about this. So mm. it was required that I go and connect with people that had two years or more and go out for coffee with them, go out and talk to them, talk to them like about going to a meeting. So, um, you know, for me, that was really good because for one, I was totally scared to do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to people. I was very comfortable with the guys that were in treatment with me. Like, so I just like to, you know, shoot, shoot the crap with them. I almost said it, right? Uh, just hang out, you know, just mm -hmm. make small talk, conversation, have fun, have laughs and all that stuff. But like, I, I didn't want to connect with people on the outside. I was kind of an introvert. You know, I was, I was very into myself. I, I didn't want to connect much, but uh, it was required of me that I need to go make those friends. And it had to be four of them. Mm -hmm. which was a tall order for me. But regardless okay. of that, I, I started to do that. I got somebody's phone number. He took, he actually came and picked me up from my treatment center after I was in a different phase. And then he took me out to another meeting and I got to see, you know, recovery uh, in a different room as opposed to the rooms that we were going to. Gotcha. Yeah. That's great. Looks like we have a couple questions here. Let's Already? go through. Yeah. Good. I I'm like it when you guys engage. Ask yeah. us lots of questions. Ask we always lots, like to answer, lots of questions. answer whatever we can. Anything on uh, support systems, recovery. So Lori says uh, she just got off Spox on January 1st. Lori, congratulations. Congratulations. I'm happy that you got that's, off of that. That's awesome. Oh, what happened here? Uh, what Max says, what's up, guys? Hi, Max. Hi, Max. Max was on one of our shows a few I weeks know. ago. He had a little testimonial. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes. Go back, listen to that episode. It's a good one. Anything else? I think that's it. Uh, hi, Nats. Lori says hi. Hi, Lori. Nat says hello. I think that might be it. Okay. Yeah, leave, uh, leave so us some. So feeling antisocial is normal? Uh, th that's, oh. and, uh, Lori, I want you to know, in relation to what you're saying, hi, hi Cindy, um, feeling antisocial is normal? Yes, it's very normal. I, I you, Obviously, when, when we're in our addiction, you know, some people, they like to get loaded with people, right? Mm. Some people, like me, I like to get loaded alone sometimes, where I just wanted to seclude myself off from the world. So, so trying to come out of that type of lifestyle and then getting into recovery, it was really hard for me to connect with people. I did not want to, um, I, I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I was always comparing my insides to your outsides. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to communicate, how to converse. And luckily, you know, by going through treatment, I had a couple of people that showed me, you know, how to do it, how to get out of myself, how to actually go up and approach people. And it, often I would just listen to other people that were in recovery. And if they, if I liked the way they talked, then I approached them afterwards and I went over and said, hey, listen, I'm new. I need help. Can you please help me out? And they took me under their wing. They gave me their phone numbers. They uh, would uh, check up on me. I would check in with them. And before you know it, like a, a friendship uh, bloomed. Yeah. That's a great segue into the next question too. So she said she's been on Suboxone for five years. I'm so happy to incredible. hear. Listen, there's no maintenance with Suboxone. I, I, I understand like what you did is monumental. The fact that you got off of that after five years and now what are we? We're at the end of February. Two months. Congratulations. Two months of not doing that stuff. You don't need it anymore. Seriously, like Suboxone's intention usually is anywhere from three to seven days of a taper, and then you get off of it and you don't need to be dependent on it. Obviously, you have to endure a little bit of pain, but it looks like you've gotten past that hurdle. It's a good job. I'm really, really happy that you're off of that. 
And Cindy says, do you think that people that work in this field tend to be more antisocial in their off hours? Um, it depends. I think there's so many various types that work in this field. For one, um, I, that's a wonderful question, Cindy. I really like that you asked that question. Um, you and I, we've both worked together in, in different centers, and we know that some people, um, they make their job their recovery, which is a complete no-no. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I don't agree with yeah, that. Yeah, we I don't, talked about that before. Yeah, I don't think it's a smart idea. I think that sometimes people get consumed in the course of their day by their job working in treatment with addicts and alcoholics and all the different shenanigans that go on and all the different ups and downs and everything, so that by the time they get off work, they just want to just go home and crash out, Right. I don't recommend it. I think that people should still stay committed um, to their own sober, sober social support group, whatever that may be, their, their own recovery community. Um, sometimes it's not a good idea, if not at any time, to go to the same meetings as your clients. But um, I think really like still stay connected. Remember that your recovery is a lot uh, different and separate of the recovery that you're trying to help people find in the, in the community of, in the rehabs, you know, that you're working at. I feel good, really good. Yes. I feel good for you, Lori. Yes, we do. So you, uh, Pez, you discussed this a little bit earlier um, about asking um, someone to be your support, uh, yeah, uh, support system. Mm -hmm. um, how would you go about finding new people that you want, uh, aside from meetings? Right. Uh, maybe someone in, in a, a group of peers or, or someone that's connected to another person or or maybe maybe even um, a, a celebrity or someone really well established or something like that. How much you go about um, approaching someone to be a support system for you? Um, like, in other words, where you are being supported by them because you need them or how you can kind of vibe off of each other is that what you mean yeah 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 a little bit of both well you know i remember you know you know the law of attraction like you can build yeah. your own energy right right so obviously like if you become a person that's like in recovery and you become a man or woman of recovery and that becomes a way of life mm -hmm. i you start to attract those types mm -hmm. right i mean what's that saying words of the same what is it birds of the same feather, feather flock, flock together. together right yeah. so when when you let's say like obviously when i was a lower companion and I would hang out with lower companions like we, we all belong together, right? That's just the way we were. You come into recovery and you start hanging out and frequenting places where other people in recovery are, you know, sober dances, um, uh, meetings or whatever that may be, or the meeting before the meeting or the meeting after the meeting. But when you start to fellowship and be around those types of people, you, you know, you then meet other people through people, however that may be. You know, somebody may bring, like every Friday night, what we, I mean, every Saturday night, sorry, there's a group of us guys that we all meet together before we go to our meeting, we all meet for dinner. Mm -hmm. And often those guys will bring somebody new on board, mm. somebody that's brand new, somebody that's come back from a, a drastic relapse. So they, hi, Mickey, I, I, I know, I'm happy that you hear us this time. Great. Um, <laughs> so they'll bring people. And then as we, I always, I'm the type of guy, like, I want to know everyone's story. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting at the dinner table and I see the guy sitting over there that's totally uncomfortable on his own skin, I remember how that felt. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, that's I'll great. try to engage and, right and, and start up a conversation with, tell that's me awesome. about yourself. What's going on? How are you? 
how long have you been sober? Are you in a are you in a home right now? Are you in a sober mm-hmm. living home? Are you in a treatment center? Have you ever tried this before? And I you know kind of just get like an ideology of of who they are and what they're mm-hmm. all about and what's going on with them. And then uh, you know, over a period of time, uh, friendship blooms. You mm-hmm. know, and and I that person if he stays sober, if over a period of time down the line remembers that somebody did that with him because that's what they did with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they did. A couple of people approached me, and as uncomfortable as it was, they were loving, they were caring, they gave me, you know, a lot of tips. They they, they shared their experiences with me, and they told told me like how they got over their hurdles, which then made me feel like you know uh, they care. People mm-hmm. care. Like it was an amazing feeling. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. So, okay, what about the people, whether it's you or someone um, that's being supportive of you, take it a little too far. Like maybe you only want to be really supportive of this other person, um, but you're being a little too supportive or overly supportive to the point that it's annoying for that individual and they start backing away or vice versa. Someone's very supportive of you and they only seem to have good intentions, but you're like, Back off, man. Yeah. It's getting too much. Get out of my personal space. You're being yeah, you never want to try too hard with anybody. So, like, yeah. yeah what, what's, your, what's your opinion about situations like that? Like, where's that fine line? Well, I think um, everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of people that are looking for support. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get a lot of people that um, they may be very gung-ho about getting support at first. But over a period of time, they things change. People yeah. change. You know, so they might start feeling a different way. Mm-hmm. They might... A lot of people jump from support group to support group. Some people will take on a sponsor or a mentor or whatever and then think like, okay, well, I've heard enough here or this person is too hard on me or this person is too soft on me. It all depends. But, um, you know, personally, like when I see, I can kind of, through body language or through somebody's actions, I can kind of tell if I'm too much for them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it could be something psychological. It just could be that the person just doesn't want to, to get anyone too close to them they're just mm-hmm. that way you know mm-hmm. or or people change they change their mind they change their thought process so um and then also i never want to get too enmeshed with anybody either mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i i never i'm not a puppeteer i'm not going to have people try to be my clones um they everyone needs to have their own experience i i allow people to to find their own way but if they ask for guidance i would be happy to help them i don't have to always uh take somebody through the 12 steps or anything like that yeah. i can always t- say hey, listen um this isn't a good fit mm-hmm. maybe maybe you might want to go and talk to this person this person could probably help you in, in that area more if somebody needs a therapist or something like that hey perhaps you ought to seek outside help you know rather than what we're learning just here in recovery it sounds like you have some deep-rooted stuff so yeah, you're always supporting them in that way mm-hmm. and you don't have to ever say too much or too little you can always have that middle ground that common middle ground that's great and that's uh, adds in their balance. Balance is definitely key. Balance is definitely key. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pesh, um, was there any other aspects that you wanted to bring up about support systems or the importance of, of a support system? Sure. Internal and external? So, yes, I, I do, actually. Um, so, obviously, we see a lot of people that come through treatment and a lot of people that, like I was saying in the very beginning, there's people that go to 12-step meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Fine. That Some people, they never step foot into a treatment center. Mm. We're in California. This is like the mecca of, of treatment yeah, centers, right? There, there's a ton of people that are yeah. shipped out to Cali that go to treatment centers. And then the treatment centers send them to certain various meetings, right? And it's really hard for people to connect. Or some people do connect at first, but over a period of time, they start going in their head and thinking about now what? N- next what? Like they try to live out here 
Oh, I got a job. Oh, now now I have a car. Oh, I'm going to start dating. Oh, this, that, and the other. Mm. If you don't have your recovery, you don't have anything. Mm. That's what was taught to me. That's what I've yeah. seen it. So time important. and time again, I've seen people that come and they make other things more important than the recovery. Mm. So, um, and they lose everything. I mean, they'll, they go into relapse mode before they even know they go into relapse mode. And they're mm. absolutely certain that they're not going to relapse. Right. Well, of course. What happens? Like, why does that happen? Yeah. When you're not connected and you're not plugged in and you're not building that support group around you, it can be, it doesn't have to be a plethora of people in a huge, large community. But a few good friends, a few sober friends that I believe that if you're checking in with them or they're checking in with you on a daily basis and you guys see exactly where you are, you're supporting each other, mm. right? Or if there's people that you can bounce ideas off of besides just your main mentor, the person that you, you know, maybe a sponsor or something like that. There's people that like-minded people that are just like you that may have a little bit more time than you, the same time as you. And there's people you can learn from that have less time than you. Right. Yeah. Just be humble, like like be, be open humble. and yeah, stay totally. in, stay in touch with people. Make sure that you stay connected, because um, often I see a lot of people that are shipped out here. They come to treatment. They go through treatment. They're in the community. We see them. And then over a period of time, they disappear. And sometimes we don't hear from them ever again. Yeah. Sometimes we hear that they relapsed and then they come back and they look like they're just, you know, Helpless yeah. and hopeless. So what do we usually recommend? That you do everything differently than you did last time. This time get more plugged in. Okay. Be in touch with people. Stay in touch with people. Go to meetings. You know, go go out with people. Go to coffee. You know, be, be communicating with people. And then on top of that, we need you. If you're new in recovery and you've, you're like brand new, we need you. Now that you've made a decision to stop using mm -hmm. and drinking, um, it's time to, to get plugged into the community and come and be a, a worker amongst workers, a person, a man or a woman of recovery, and then you can start talking to others and helping others too because we need you. That's great and a great ending point. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again so much for checking out another live episode of the Sober Grind podcast. Of course, all of these podcasts are made available on Fridays. Uh, they come out every Friday on both iTunes, Google Play Store, uh, as well as YouTube. That's right. As well. Because you have anything else going on right now? Mm, no, actually, if you guys, like you just said, Sober Grind, when you guys go on Sober Grind, if you guys could uh, subscribe to it, and also leave us feedback. We would love to hear about your feedback. And, and then, you know, we have testimonials. We'd like to know if anybody in the community um, that's in recovery, mm. you can you can speak on it. Uh, just let us know. We'll set you up to tell a short three to five minute testimonial about your your experience, strength, and hope, what happened, what what it's like now, and, you know, what you're doing differently in your life. And, um, and you can speak anonymously. You mm. can say yes. your name. It's up to you, depending on who you are and how you want to go about it. But, uh, yeah, we want you to be part of the Sober Grind. And thank you very much for tuning in today. All of you. We love you all. Thank you so much. Lastly, this podcast is made possible by Beginnings Treatment Centers. Once again, an absolutely incredible Orange County-based treatment center located in Santa Ana. Pej is a great member of there, uh, Director of Business Development. Give them a call. Speak to a friendly specialist at 800-387-6907. Did you say anything about Ask an Addiction Specialist? No, I did not. Shame on me. Don't forget to uh, check out our Ask an Addiction Specialist Facebook group. The link is actually in the description of this video, as well as audio version of the podcast, depending where you're checking this out. 
Uh, but in that little search bar up top of Facebook, you can also just search Ask an Addiction Specialist and you'll find it. There are a lot of incredible addiction specialists in there. It's a great uh, support community where you can uh, ask questions if, if you're struggling, if you have a loved one that might be struggling and, and you just want answers. That's the point. That's right. I guess we're all done. Thank you all for tuning in. We're over and out.